0: hey there welcome to motorcycles and misfits bringing to you the ama vintage days special show
1: and we have Cleveland Moto in the house for the Cleveland Moto take on the situation, which I'm sure will be totally different than the Misfits take on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a,
0: oh, always it's,
1: say we're in the house.
0: It's it's well, it overlapping, overlapping
1: in the yes. it's like interlaced. We're in the, the Waters, water's lounge. lounge. Yeah, we are actually. If you guys want to check in on Facebook, this is technically Waters World. <laughs> <laughs> so we are yeah, we are listening on Waters World.
0: So, hey everyone, this is Liza and with me here. We've got Phil. Also, here we've got Henry.
1: Hey.
0: Brilliant, really? Really? <laughs> Coming around the corner, we've got May. Hi. Then we've got Zach. Present knock
2: apparently one of the most enjoyable personalities on this podcast (laughs) according to somebody who showed up and said hi
0: (laughs) Then we've got bagel
3: I'm alive and And
0: we've got Bex eat a bag of
3: dicks (laughs) there There it is
2: there it is
0: you guys it has been yet another epic weekend at AMA vintage days and I want to start off by saying thank you to Phil because you you make it better you make it Perfect.
2: I feel we Cost. have like a concierge and like a guy in the government at the same time. One of those beers, <laughs> yeah. you know? exactly. four yeah. hundred shitty beers.
0: And I <laughs> wanted to thank the AMA for putting on a great event um, and for everything they do. Everybody was so nice and accommodating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to go around real quick and kind of let everyone tell kind of what one of their highlights or favorite stories from the weekend. Who wants to go first?
3: I wore a tutu
1: on a racetrack. Yes. Not just not just any racetrack. Fucking mid Ohio. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, Bex, Bagel, Henry and I, and then Stephanie and Anita on the Chickastanners on the Vespas, we did the and Tiffany Mm -hmm. on the back of my bike. We did the parade lap. Which a lap is a fundraiser? Right? Lap, lap,
3: lap for
1: history.
0: history. Pay ten bucks. I thought we were going to get one lap. We got four. Oh, yeah, they're generous,
1: aren't they? And and it was awesome.
0: rad. It was. It was not a race, but it
4: was a
3: race. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was just like, go as slow and savor the moment as possible, and then of course you had to do a little throttle fun. But yeah, I, I have to say
0: that was one of my highlights too because yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to be chill. I got the chick on the back. You know, they say don't pass, don't mm-hmm. slingshot, don't do this.
3: They didn't tell us that. Well, they said, don't pass the orange vest. They're like, welcome to Thunderdome, bitch.
0: (laughs) Basically, I said, don't pass the two leaders in the orange vest. So I happened to be in the front of the pack just because when they were just pulling everyone down the stage, I ended up there.
4: Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't
0: elbow anyway. I like how you say, <laughs> ended up there, and you didn't
2: do the air quotes. We did like, used to lane splitting. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: so when is pole position critical for a lap for mm-hmm. history?
2: <laughs> You'd be the first you, one to die
1: on a, on a parade lap.
4: I'm
2: telling yeah. you, I
0: started out nice and easy. It was me and a guy in a grom, and I said, I started shit-talking right away. I'm like, <laughs> Shopping. Yeah, you may get me in the corners, but I got you in the straightaway.
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, <laughs> Tiffany had the camera out, and she was taking videos. And I think about lap two? Uh,
3: I think it mm-hmm. so that was turn two of the first lap. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs>
0: Tiffany felt my body change. Because yes. mm-hmm. I realized, oh, this is on. Because a dude on a chopper, yeah. like a yep. full mm-hmm. chopper, came blasting up. And he passes me, and he starts to pass the first guy in the orange vest who turns and waves his finger at him. And then he's trying to, like, nose me out. I'm like, uh uh-uh. yeah, Uh Uh-uh. Oh, hell no. And then the Grom comes up, and on my other side, I'm like, oh, you think you want a piece of this? (laughs) And, but... The guys in the orange, they went at a good clip.
3: Yeah, they picked yeah. it up. Aww.
0: They went at a good clip, and oh, yeah, the guy in the chopper couldn't stand it. It was fun. Yeah. It was for
3: a good cause.
0: It was fun. Yeah. We, Phil, we lapped the back of the pack by the yes. third lap.
1: Which well, is hilarious. This is a parade lap, by yeah, the way. It is. I, we have to deal with all these back markers. Yeah, you, yeah you're talking yeah. about with using racing
3: terms well, for a parade, parade. lap. Yes. <laughs> but granted, this was a couple riding two up on a Zuma 125. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Which yeah.
0: they pulled off yes. of the track. Now, yes. by this point, a couple more Groms, I think, like uh, some Kawasaki. There was about like 10 of us yeah. who were playing the slow race behind the guys in the orange vest because we are going slow for them. They pulled that scooter off, and all hell...
4: Yeah, broke loose. <laughs> yeah. The leaders really? took off. Yeah,
0: and I knew that was happening. Yeah, and, and Tiffany was like, had put that camera away and was holding on. <laughs> I'm like hanging on. I, I just went like, into race mode. I went into yeah. race mode. She pushed the race mode button. And as soon as they took off, I was with them. I stayed with them. Mm-hmm. We go around the corner, and I'm just going through. We go around the corner, hit the straightaway, and I know it's coming. Right. So I'm. On it, and I just stayed about. I never passed them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I stayed like five feet from them. Just, <laughs> I, t- we get down the end of the straight, I look around behind, and there's no one for like 500 yards. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they <laughs> were just
3: not.
2: Wait, so how <laughs> many people <laughs> were on that track we just say like oh, Like, hundreds? Hundreds? Really? Wow. Like
3: May- yeah, maybe like 60, 70. There's, there's a lot. A lot. There's wow. a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, 20 bikes yeah. on a grid on a race start is a lot of bikes, but like, 100 people just puts it was, um, them around on the that track. That's a shit
4: show of people, too.
2: Yeah, it was fun to
3: watch, though, because there There was like elevation changes and curves and you just got to see all these. Bikes and different mm. bikes and scooters but and I, I, I did people. win and at the
0: very end I heard the dude on the chopper come I heard him coming up and I saw the checkered thing across the track mm-hmm. and I went run. <laughs> I just hit it Tiffany's holding on for <laughs> dear life <laughs> and I just nosed him out at yes. the checkered line
1: across the line like, yeah. from the <laughs> <Villiers. No>. air <laughs> Nikki forever <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the best non-race I've ever um. done. so
3: another thing for me that was a first um, is the wall of death yeah. That mm-hmm. was phenomenal Yeah, Like acrobatics on motorcycles Fucking rad
4: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls
1: Whoa! To the American Motor Drill Company Skrill Arena
3: What we do, we put on a vintage Wall of show <laughs> Jason will be riding A 1927 Indian Get an acting call Freehand trick acrobatic riding Watch
2: your hands on the cable He's coming at you.
3: Some video of them, and, and especially that Indian. Thing. Yeah, when the Indian that started. That was cool. It was loud. Is, it's loud. That's when the Indian um, starts. That's when the party starts. Yeah, no right. suspension, just a full like a old bike, yeah. old Indian, and it just mm-hmm. boom, so feel it in your feet.
0: So Henry Beck's Bagel and May, this is all your first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, knock he's a veteran at this. Not
2: a one-year veteran. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: was the big highlight for you? Oh,
2: I got to sit around at the campsite and just talk to people and be chill. <laughs> Not to <took> get <a> nap. <laughs> yeah, I was like, look, here's took the a thing: long nap. the whole the whole AMA the thing is great, right? It's like extremely unique to America or whatever. It's it's super cool, but I like hanging out and talking to Phil's buddies and just shooting the shit. I drink beers, you know, get roasted by the sun and Take a nap.
0: chill. Take a nap. The first time we came, you did that. I'm like, well, like he's missing everything. There's all this stuff going. He's just sitting here. No. But this time, I kind of got it, especially because I went to bed early Saturday night. I heard you up till like 2.30 in the morning. There was not a single conversation that ever happened anywhere that did not involve motorcycles.
2: Sure. Yeah. And that's
0: when you realize, sure. like, these are art. People yeah. and it's a
3: festival of our people. <laughs> it's so and good.
0: Even if you just want to sit in the campsite and just meet people, oh. talk to people. Yeah, you're still like, this is what we do. Right. Another I
2: highlight was, like, was finding the secret bathroom where I took I just most luxurious <laughs> shit. It was good. Porta potties
0: <laughs> suck. I have yeah. I have uh, scoped out all of the hidden oh, bathrooms that have air conditioning and flushing toilets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
2: they, they actually
3: they did a really nice job of, of maintaining the facilities they did so for a porta potty festival oh, yeah. <laughs> it was changed out regularly it was they watered down the the like roadways so that yeah, the, the dust was kind of minimal yeah. all
0: right what, tell me what your name is
5: my name is mike sayer
0: and what do you do
5: I am the AMA's government affairs manager for on-highway. Um,
0: that sounds really important.
5: It, I hope it is. Um, <laughs> it means uh, there's a government affairs manager for on-highway and government affairs manager for off-highway. So road dirt mm-hmm. is the simplest way to put it. Different areas of law. There's some areas where they inter- intersect, different areas of advocacy, off-road is you know a- access Noise ordinances when it comes to, you know, people having a dirt track in their backyard, access to federal land when it comes to national forests and trails and things like that, different issues on road is as much road safety, um, technology, vehicle equipment, um, personal equipment, um, you know, road safety being a huge part of it. Uh, It's anything and everything, you know, everything down to cities, parking rules, things like that, and being a membership organization. It's things that are brought to me from our members that I can help them with dealing with. You know, we work through our members primarily. So, a comes with me. You know, my city has gotten rid of this row of motorcycle parking, or I want to get my city to have some motorcycle parking. How can you help? I work with them, giving them talking points, whatever. I can coach them, and and you know, it, uh, a person living in that city carries more weight than maybe an organization based completely across the country, but having our seal of approval on what they're doing makes it so it's not just a random motorcyclist in that city. It's a a motorcyclist that also has the backing of an organization they're a member of, so lending credibility to local efforts.
0: So, and the AMA is based here in Ohio, Mm -hmm. but you are in D.C.
5: I'm in D.C. um, with the Off-highway affairs manager, Steve Salisbury, um, the vice president of government affairs, Wayne Allard. There's a fourth member of our team, uh, Nick Harris, who is actually based out of California. He is our western states representative, so he kind of does on-road and off-road issues for the eight western states. Um,
0: So are you kind of like the actual boots on the ground for the AMA? Are you like going into people's offices and yeah
5: yeah um, depending on the issue you know, from working with regulators you know sometimes it's a letter sometimes it's a phone call sometimes it's a meeting um, I work closely with the um, the folks at the motorcycle industry council Harley mm-hmm. Davidson and uh, alternatively you know, the motorcycle riders Foundation another, uh, Rider Advocacy Group.
0: Sounds like I've got the right person to answer questions.
5: I hope so. I'll <laughs> do my best.
0: So you're here for a specific reason here at the AMA Vintage Days. What are you uh, speaking about here?
5: I'm here to do a seminar on the interaction of uh, the potential interaction of automated vehicles and motorcycles. Um, the general theme is the future of motorcycling and automated vehicles. Um, there's a lot of amazing potential for safety benefits for motorcyclists you know roughly mm-hmm. speaking a third of motorcycle crashes involve another vehicle where the other vehicle is probably at fault a third are single vehicle crashes and a third are you know maybe are in somewhere in the middle between those two right um and if we can eliminate a third of those crashes that somebody turning left and didn't see you that sorry i didn't see you crash that that's just could get rid of that.
0: So this interest, interests me right, when I saw it on the panel because I've heard people start talking about this, people concerned. And, and honestly, I, I didn't even think it was a concern, but people were already looking at the future and predicting what's going to be a problem and already complaining that that's going to be a problem before it's a problem. And I I've, I and I've, at first I was dismissing them, but I have to be honest, I'm starting to hear it from a couple different Sources and it piqued my interest, so I want to know, like, how how big of a problem is this potentially?
5: Yeah, and I'm trying to figure the best place to start here. So, in terms of law and legislation and regulation, so far at the federal level, there's no law specifically about automated vehicles. There are two bills. Um, the Self-Drive Act has passed the House of Representatives. Um, There's a Senate version called the AV Start Act. Um, The self Drive Act that passed the House has no mention of motorcycles in any way, shape, or form when it comes to research and development. The AV Start Act in the Senate has some small provision relating to motorcycles in testing and development. So we have a preference for the one that takes us into account when it comes to regulations. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, has had um, so far two different Guidance documents out about automated vehicles. So
0: there was a one that where somebody was rear-ended at like a stop sign.
5: So that was that was a crash. If I'm remembering which one you're referencing specifically, a a Tesla on autopilot rear-ended a cop on a motorcycle in Arizona, (laughs)
0: like like three miles an hour.
5: essentially the Tesla pulled up behind a stopped motorcycle and um, and slowly inched forward not realizing the vehicle's there and kind of eventually knocked, ran into the back right. of the bike, the cop hopped off and no injuries there, but just kind of a simple thing of, gee, why did this happen? And another crash that involved a uh, in California was um, a rider in San Francisco, I believe, um, mm-hmm. was lane splitting, a GM test vehicle, a cruise um, on autopilot, autopilot is the test, I think, a GM cruise in autonomous mode in, you know, testing on public streets, started to make a lane change, and then the computer decided it didn't want to do that, canceled maneuver, and move returned back to the spot in lane it was previously occupying in that space. The motorcycle had, had lanes but up into that position, knocked the motorcyclist off. Um, that guy, the motorcyclist, sued GM, and they've recently settled, so we don't necessarily know what's happened in that situation, and I don't know that we will.
0: So, all right, let's go back a, a, a little bit further. Let's explain in the current cars now in tesla they're referred to as self-driving or autonomous cars Mm -hmm. you can let the car drive however because i know because i've driven a tesla you cannot take your hands off the steering wheel Mm -hmm. and if you do that too many times it locks you out from self-driving mode i've had the car yell at me um so you're you're still supposed to be piloting the car even though you're letting the car drive and i've also been aware when my father was driving and was unaware of a car merging where the car vacated the lane because someone was merging where my father would have missed it. So there's that. But then we also, especially here in the the Bay Area, we have self-piloted cars, truly autonomous, Mm -hmm. where there is no driver in there. Yes. Is that more the concern? Is it the cars with no drivers because they're talking about now having like Uber, stuff mm-hmm. like that, delivery, or are we talking about just uh, auto mode with the driver in the seat?
5: So, to they've codified kind of the differences between these with the level one through five. I guess okay. zero, zero is a level. So, your, your average car five years ago that doesn't have any technology is a zero. Um, a Tesla, autopilot-equipped Tesla is a level two. Okay. Um, so those level one and two are kind of things where they have let's say adaptive cruise control lane keeping where Mm -hmm. you turn it on so if you start to not pay attention and shift out of lane it'll kind of net you back in um whereas fully autonomous vehicles are more level four level five where you get in tell it where to go it doesn't need it doesn't need to have known that route specifically it's not Geofence in a specific location, right. it can just go there as truly autonomous, any condition, all that. Right. Um, and that's going to be much further out potentially. Our, our concern kind of spans the breadth of, of the levels, and in particular the lower levels, because they're here now. Um, the Tesla crash mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in particular. Um, what we find, but we believe. We will find, and actually the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute um, has a study that should be forthcoming about levels one and two and how vehicles that do a lot of the driving task, but not all, of it, how they impact how much attention the driver pays to the driving task, um, how that impacts their ability to continue to drive. Um, we look forward to seeing the results of that because seemingly common sense tells us that if you tell a driver, "Hey, you don't need to do most of the driving task, or the Tesla's going to do a lot of it, and you can all you mm-hmm. need to do is keep your hand on the wheel," you're telling some, you're giving somebody a license to be nice. more distracted. And research okay. has shown people that that people are really bad at refocusing. Mm-hmm. And so vehicles that need you to refocus, that they can do a lot of it and then suddenly they need your attention, your ability to refocus and get back involved in the driving task after the car has been doing it, we're really bad at that.
0: Okay, so that makes, uh, makes more sense. Now I get a better understanding of what the potential mm-hmm. issues are going to be and that's what you're forecasting, but what are you doing about that? Mm-hmm. Um, what can you do about that potential problem?
5: That's a good question. Um, I guess one more thing I'd like to plug, as far as mm-hmm. one of the other things we're worried about, is one thing is that we're really concerned that a lot of testing and development isn't being done around and with motorcycles. Okay. Um, there are some bright spots. Ford patented a you know sensors and algorithms that can detect uh, lane splitting motorcycles, so that's good news, and so long as we know it works, but it's a lot of us being told things that don't worry they'll detect you it'll work correctly around you and us having to take the car manufacturer's word for it um which is concerning we want some kind of independent testing or verification of that whatever form that may take
0: so so part of your job is to confirm that this is being taken into consideration the steps are being taken
5: yeah and working with with NHTSA um Mm -hmm. with regulators um to create some kind of regulation uh whatever the form that may be, to have a testing system that involves us.
0: Are you also um, uh, participating in maybe seeking solutions, like special reflectors on motorcycles or something? Are, are you also creating, trying to come up with solutions? Um or is that more there? That's certainly
5: something we are potentially open to, but as us as representing the riders, yeah. we're not necessarily in the business of creating equipment. Yeah. The, the the industry folks certainly would be a better group of people to answer that. Mm-hmm. I you know KTM has recently demoed a bike that has adaptive cruise control and blind spot monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, Bosch makes a lot of equipment that our um, ABS systems and um, yeah. corner cornering ABS and things like that. These, this equipment, it's not too hard to imagine equipment that can communicate between a car and a motorcycle when they have all that data already in the two vehicles. So connected vehicles is kind of a way to bridge that gap for new new motorcycles and new cars. So if they talk to each other, they know where they are, and, and if they, you know, all the computers in your new, new motorcycle have a good idea of where it's going, what direction, and all that other data, to communicate with the cars. So is so car where you are.
0: I guess it's something I didn't consider because you said that they were lane splitting, but California is the only state you can lane split. So would the car manufacturers be uh, uh, testing for lane splitting when it's not done everywhere? Or is it's, that one of the concerns you have?
5: That is definitely a concern. Um, okay. One of our, you know, it's a potential bright spot in that. Although not something we're definitely going to rely on, is the fact that we're the outlier in that. Mm-hmm. As far as the rest of the world, the rest of the world lane splits, and automated vehicles would not be limited to just North America, where lane splitting is not very common. They're going to be in Europe. They're going to be in Asia, where lane splitting is the rule, right. where unlike the U.S., it's the exception. Um, we don't. We we may have the lead. Currently, have the lead in developing this technology, but. These are global car manufacturers. They will not limit themselves to the U.S. market with further stuff. Got it. Not in the long run. They may currently, but they won't last for long. And
0: they already have to make a California car for emissions. Yeah. So what's the difference? Well, can we then also talk about lane splitting since we brought it up? Because this is something I think is probably one of the most talked about issues that people want to know. What is the AMA doing? Why there goes the race bike? Um, why isn't lane splitting legal everywhere else? And what's it going to take to get it?
5: Yeah, and that's that, that's, I, that's I had, the easy question, right? Yeah, you know, if I had the answer to that, I, I think I deserve a pretty good promotion. But um, I mean, who, yeah, what's was,
0: what's the biggest obstacle?
5: Um, the single biggest, the American public in general.
0: Yeah, you were saying that you need people to step up.
5: Yeah. Well, not even necessarily the 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 motorcycling community because I think
0: Oh, you're saying the American public. The American doesn't want it.
5: They're afraid of it. They don't necessarily understand it and
0: so the non-riders. Yeah.
5: Outvote. Non I think yeah, if you talk to the average driver outside of California yes. or, you know, maybe a few states surrounding California where they at least have maybe some passing familiarity with it. Right. They see us as cheating in traffic, or it's wildly unsafe, and they don't... Yes. The education required to get them to understand that us plane splitting gets them to work faster, makes us safer, is not necessarily common sense for them. It is a little counterintuitive, and think of how many misconceptions the average driver has about their driving behavior, about how zipper mergers work, and things like that.
0: Okay, Um, so... All right. So what I'm understanding, the biggest obstacle is the non-riding public, and that is because they're they're not educated about how it's actually advantageous to them.
4: Yes. Uh,
0: I, I mean, I explain that to people all the time. If you have 10 vehicles in line and two of them are motorcycles, if they're able to lane split and pull ahead, now you've only got eight vehicles in line. People in the back have moved up. Now there's less vehicles in that amount of space, which creates faster flow. Yeah. And the motorcycles are going at a different rate. It's not that they're cheating. They just don't need to be clogging up.
5: It's a separate line, essentially. If they're yeah. cutting in line, it's right, a right. different line. And. and well, things—it's good to have research to back us up on these mm-hmm. claims, and we have that for studies abroad yeah. about the congestion benefits, and we have the safety benefits from the study from UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the general public, their 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 views are typically re- reflected in the state legislatures. You know, the they're, more often than not, the state legislators there's, there's some motorcyclists there, and within the motorcycling community, we're not united on if lane splitting is good or not either. I think, generally, in the motorcycling community, I think you talk to five riders, get 15 opinions, I think, might like,
0: You're right, I haven't even considered that. So, no. in Indiana, or, or Pennsylvania, or Arizona, uh, are, are, are there riders who are against lane splitting?
5: Absolutely. And
0: is that because they're on big bikes that can't <laughs> lane split? And Honestly, they think it's cheating it. that we get to go
4: through?
5: That is some of it. <laughs> you know, and, that might, and, and I haven't heard that personally, but I've had that relayed to me. Yeah. And, and the people with that generally acknowledge that, like, you know, that's just, they're not, that's not a strongly held belief. That's just, a, well, I can't do it, so I'm not necessarily going to fight for it. Right. But what I heard here alternatively is that. You know, you can tell people the sky is blue a hundred times when you have studies that it is safer, it is better for us, and if common sense tells them otherwise, they're not going to believe it. And additionally to that, they're really concerned about the perception of motorcyclists and their perception mm-hmm. of lane splitting mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that it's reckless and looks bad.
0: Squids, we're squids. Yeah. You're right, because when people come to visit us in California, they're like, oh, lane splitting is so scary.
5: And it's, it's, it's like completely really? not.
0: Well, if you do it really fast, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, when it's done properly. And you see in California how the, many of the drivers are aware and they pull further out to make room for us, which is a total opposite when you go to many other states, where you have road rage people. And you have people who are, you see videos all the time of cars pulling in to block you. because They're trying to
5: They're trying to be you. police officers.
0: Exactly. You
5: know, unofficial cops, which is... So, no one should be doing that car or motorcycle for that matter.
0: But is it is it still going in that direction?
5: I think it's changing. I think younger riders, I think, I haven't met a young rider that doesn't want lane splitting. I, I recently moved to D.C. for this job uh, three years ago. Um,
0: and we have to remind people, for... Non-riders who don't want a lane split, guess what?
5: You don't have to. Exactly, and that's it's.
0: That's what I don't get.
5: It's kind of the analog to the helmet issue for some people, because a lot of people, you know, the people who are very politically active at the state level, who have been, if a state the motorcycle issue comes before a state legislator, there are people active at the state level that they've known for 20, 30 years. They're going to turn to them and ask them, hey, what do you think about this when, when it comes to lane splitting? A lot of those folks, they're they're the main motivating issue behind them is the freedom of choice for helmets, and they may you know they're starting to understand, thankfully, that it's the same same issue. It's freedom of choice. Let us lane split. We'll let you not wear a helmet. Ew, whatever, and that, that framing has helped some folks um, understand other people's perspective on it and frankly that's what it took for some folks um, the AMA's position on land splitting is just a little bit older than my time at the AMA Okay, it's relatively new and and I think that argument was really important um, for creating that statement again it was before my time but that's my understanding
0: so is there anything that anyone can do to help further along the progress in their
5: state yeah I think It really takes people getting involved in that state. So what the AMA does best is work with people who want to get organized and do the work. What we do is we really supplement that. I'm in D.C. I can't, you know, me sending a letter, me showing up in a state legislator's office saying hey, make link spinning legal in your state doesn't have the same impact as a group of organized motorcyclists who vote in their state.
4: Right.
5: I can say I represent so many riders in your state and all that, but that doesn't carry the same weight as those riders showing up. And this in the states where you see that, a lot of motorcycle policy going the way motorcyclists want it to go, that's what you see is organized motorcyclists. And it takes, it takes some effort. It's really easy to maybe sign a petition or argue on the internet about it and it's really hard to turn that into getting a group of people to go meet with their those
0: are loud, those are those are
5: loud. <laughs> um, but it's hard to get that to like have a lobby day about motorcycle lane splitting or mm. trying to identify you know, the, you know con- to I guess, lay up the steps very concretely you have to as a, you know, this is when people will contact me about, I want to work on lane splitting in my state, what I generally tell them and I'm trying to make sure I don't miss any of the steps because mm-hmm. they're all kind of important, you know. First, I provide them with a lot of resources, you know, the AMA's position statement links to some good, some of the research. com has some really good, their their, res- their resources is page com. is great. Okay. Um, there's a few short YouTube videos that, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but... Essentially, there's the one I use a lot is about three minutes long that if it's explaining like splitting to a state, legisl, you know, outside of California, where if you're doing it somewhere, you know, I'm from Michigan originally. If I'm going to explain it to a state legislator there, they have no idea what I'm really talking about, and they're going to assume the worst. And I, to illustrate that point, um, there's an organization called the State Motorcycle Safety Administrators Association, SMSA, got all that, I'm adding an a in there. Um, they had an event, um, they have a weekly conference, or weekly, yearly, um, and it was in Vermont last year, it was the first time I got to attend, and I was sitting next to my colleague, Nick Harris, who's in California, who worked on AB 51, and um, I'm forgetting his name, um, but uh, the California Highway Patrol Office, who worked, also worked on AB 51. Right. Um, and works for the California Motorcycle Safety Program. And we have two New York State police officers in front of us showing a video of people, two motorcyclists riding very recklessly, Film, you know, some YouTube video of what inevitably ends in a terrible crash. And they've referred to that riding as lane splitting. And I've got two Californians who've lived there for decades who, who helped make lane splitting legal in that state going. This is not lane-splitting. This is reckless.
0: This is why we need the AMA. Yeah. This is what you guys do. But I think, I mean, I think I'm guilty of doing what most people do, of going, why aren't you doing more for us? But what you're saying is you need help, too. Yeah. And that people in their own states can have a bigger impact. Yeah. So We're we're
5: multiplying factor on on people's own organizing work we have we have tools to to if you if you get a bill introduced we can create a simple form letter that people put in their address on through our website and and sends send out to everybody everybody who signed up for alerts in in your state to send a message, a message to the state legislator to support that bill. We can have them the same thing so they can call all the information all the information's right there. All they do is plug in their address so we can do things like that. We can show up and, and like I said before, give the stamp of authority of the AMA behind the efforts of, of local, local motorcyclists.
0: So, and I, I guess something I haven't really thought about either. In California it wasn't legal, but it wasn't illegal. Is it actually illegal everywhere else? No. So, same kind of thing. It's possible that without... that it can become more common. So, here's my question. What is the next state that's most likely to turn? What What should we focus on?
5: That's a good question. I mean, last year I had uh, State Senator from Montana call me not, this wasn't even he was himself a motorcyclist, but this wasn't motorcyclists in Montana calling this was a state senator saying, I want to introduce a lane splitting bill in Montana. And it's not not a state known for a lot of congestion. And right. I helped him, I got some language for him because A B fifty one too is difficult, you know, if you want to give somebody a model. Mm-hmm. A B fifty one doesn't really work for other states because A B fifty one just says the California Highway Patrol can come up with guidelines for what lane splitting is. Right. If I go to Georgia, which had a lane splitting effort, and go, hey, this is this is a model bill, they look at that and go, this doesn't tell me what lane splitting is. Right. Um, i trying to remember your question
0: Well, and, but, and, and that, that was the anyway. problem all along, is it wasn't legal and wasn't illegal, and that was how this all came about, because somebody sued and said, hey, you're letting the highway patrol make... Create law. Create okay. law. They can't. Do
5: that, and and so the bill just gave them the authorization Said, to do well, that in this actually, case.
0: Yeah, in this case, yeah. they
5: can. Um, and so the state, so the next state that to do it. I don't. That's a good question. I imagine the states closest to California make the most sense. Arizona has two I, bills now.
0: I was going to say let's let's focus on Arizona because the ball's hot, and who wants to stay out in the heat? Oh yeah. And let's throw in who's who gets stuff done. Uh, Virginia is it close enough to politics? No, it's New York. There we go. I. No, not I,
5: gonna
0: happen.
5: I, I would. I, what state out east does it first would be a challenge. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't see New York being one. New York is is the home of motorcycle only checkpoints and things yeah. like that. The NYPD still conducts them. Um, Virginia, in general, is a, is a very. Ask anybody about how easy it is to get a reckless driving ticket in in the state of Virginia. I think you need to, if you're doing 85, regardless of what the actual speed limit is, they can just give you a reckless ticket for anything. So it requires a a lot, you know, and typically the biggest opponent in any state isn't necessarily... The road safety people, it's usually the the, the police force in some way, shape, or form.
0: It sounds like there's still a lot of education to do. And I think that's one thing that um, our listeners can do is they can help to educate the public Mm -hmm. why it's important. And the reasons. Um, Besides, I mean, the advantage to non-riders is that you can remove these motorcycles from the congestion, but the reason for bikers is we have to wear gear, and when it is hot out, it can be dangerous sitting there in heat. Absolutely. Same with the bikes. It used to be that more of our bikes were air-cooled, and they would overheat um, sitting out in the sun, and plus, the safety factor, you don't want to be stuck between two cars or you line yourself up to be rear-ended when you're stopped. I know people just been stopped at a red light and got rear-ended. Yeah. So it's a safety feature factor for us, too, which is why it's hard to believe it hasn't gone through. But now that you've explained it, that we're dealing with a lot of non-riders, and we're dealing with riders who don't support it because they're afraid of it. I see what an uphill battle is, so hopefully we can get some people to step up, and would they go to ama-cycle.org to get information? Uh,
5: Americanmotorcyclist.com. I think it's .com. I should I may be 100% sure about that. Um, oh, American, make, yeah, Americanmotorcyclist.com.
0: American Motorcyclist. yes. And the, they can find information on there or they can contact them to find out who their local representative is?
5: Yes, uh, on com, there's one of the tabs up top should be the AMA Action Center or under under the Rights mm-hmm. tab there's the Action Center and under there um, that's where all of our advocacy related things are, bills we're supporting and opposing. And on the right side of that, there's a find your legislators. You plug in your address. It'll give you everything federal down to your county or city officials, um, everything in between their state as well.
0: And I would say, too, the other thing that everyone should be doing to help is if you have not become a member of the AMA, you should. And, I mean, I know some people say AMA isn't doing enough, but the more members... And the more support, the more can be accomplished. Absolutely. And, I mean, we need you to be, we need you your, to be our voice. Yeah. So, thank you for the work you're doing, and hopefully we can get some of these things pushed along. And um, thank you for bringing up about the autonomous vehicles because it's really something that I haven't completely understood, but now I see it is a new potential threat. And hopefully, these potential problems can be solved before they actually come to light.
5: Yeah, and that's all. all it's about is is making sure the technology lives up to the potential that it's being sold as. So if, we, if we want to benefit from the Safety benefits that they're advertising, and that's all we're trying to accomplish there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time.
5: Great. Thank you very much. All right. Do cool. It. Thanks. So,
0: Henry, as a first timer, mm. and was this your first big festival or well, or, or rally? What do you call it?
5: First I mean, big bike rally, yeah, I yeah. would say.
0: So, what was a highlight for you?
5: I was definitely probably just running around a shit show that was uh, mid-Ohio, just like trying to avoid all the men, and old men and children in two strokes,
4: just <laughs> racing around you all the fucking time, and you're doing this with no helmet, and I'm, I'm doing this on a
1: brand new bike to me, basically, so, but it's a lot of fun, it's just like, ooh, just like, it's a big old zigzag of chaos.
0: And may you also a first timer? Was it a bit overwhelming coming into this thing? No, I, mean, I was surprised it wasn't. I was so impressed by how well people handled themselves, and you know there wasn't a lot of supervision. I didn't see That's hardly any police presence, and people were just chill, decent to each other, didn't you know, careful. It was remarkably manageable. It was really fun. You know, and I talked to um, Rob Dingman earlier. Okay,
1: of, <laughs> your of, cat is doing
0: awesome. everything.
1: Instead of Bosley snoring, we have Simon scratching yep. at the scratching post and trying to literally be on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but his policy was, he tells all of the people there, if you don't have to say no, don't. And that's some um, yeah. that is just amazing that you can go anywhere and do anything except for be naked. Yeah. Nobody yes. said you could.
1: Nobody said you couldn't be naked.
3: Um, there's nobody a said.
1: Hiding. Oh, really? They yeah. well, said the you couldn't ride naked. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know what. Greatest injustice, I think. All I can say is you may you may say that the only thing you can't do is ride naked, but you ain't done anything but not done it yet. Yeah. So you'll have to do it once to prove your statement. I kinda see what you
2: did
0: there, so yeah. like, not really, but yeah. okay. So they don't know. It's yet to be seen. Zach, you were this is your second year in a row. Yeah. Did it meet all your
5: expectations? It met all my expectations. <laughs> I think I think so. It was exactly as I remember it. <laughs>
0: there the were pickles and there was gin. A,
5: a beautiful, beautiful shit show. Yeah. <laughs> the, of
0: course, Pony show.
2: The kind of Pony
5: thing Pony. where you're like, Are, we we can really do this. Yeah. We're gonna, we're really gonna pull this wheelbarrow behind this quad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: and
3: a much and higher rate of speed. On this
5: quad with no brakes, right. and they're just gonna let. Okay, 30
3: okay. miles an hour
1: seems rational Yeah, it's <laughs> <seems laughs> fine yeah. Oh God. Yeah,
3: Lighting motorcycle tires on fire and during yeah. Yeah. Well Totally appropriate What's your name? My name's Rusty
0: Hey Rusty, and what do you ride?
2: I ride a Indian Scout 2017
0: Oh my gosh, I was going to ask you what your up the butt bike is It sounds like you might have it I have a
2: pretty good bike, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty happy You going to ride it?
0: Where is it? Well, it's uh, Oh, it's just right over there Oh, I ride your bike. Yeah. You want to ride? You want to ride mine?
2: No, yours is too loaded with uh, <laughs> high-dollar equipment. I'm out. <laughs> but no, no, I hear you're a uh, serial motorcycle borrower, so I thought that would be. Uh, sure. I thought if I just offered it, it would be better to get it out of the way instead.
0: <laughs> and where are you from?
2: Uh, Williamstown Kentucky.
0: Dang.
2: With the poor people. It's not bad.
0: <laughs> is that far from here? Three hours. Three and a half hours. And is this your first time?
2: It's my first time here. I'm so excited. It's really cool.
0: It's bananas, isn't it? It is
2: nuts, right?
0: I know. It's the best organized chaos I've ever seen. I know. I'm so stoked to be here. It's just great. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Overwhelmed.
1: What was your highlight, Phil? Well, I, it wasn't so much of a highlight. We're shocked that nobody's done it. It's been a feature of the scooter rally scene for ages to do flaming burnouts. Yeah. You know, back in the early 90s, we were doing flaming burnouts. You you, you have scooter, you have gas. Scooter. You have flaming burnout. <laughs> and for years, they've been doing a burnout pit. I do not. You know, you know, if you listen to the podcast, I hate the controlled burnout pit. I hate having wheel chalk in the front end. Mm. I like the unnatural. natural. Yeah. Hmm. But I like showing your skill. As opposed to just smoking a tire. Right. And so, yeah, we pulled in, and I just told our crew, we had a little roster. I said, Look, guys, we're going to do a burnout.
0: No, you, it was a little more epic than that. You came up to me kind of subtle. You were handpicking yes. your crew. I had I, I think you were see. like, I need you to be a lieutenant of bad ideas. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. I understand. There's and I said, happening.
1: Go fill this bottle with gasoline. Okay. <laughs> and I said, John, I need a propane torch.
0: <laughs> okay. He, he assigned each of us a, a job.
1: job. Yep.
0: And he had the right crew. Yep.
1: And Sleepy Finch went out and contacted the MC on the microphone and said, he basically took over the like, mic. God bless him. He took over the mic, and we were staged. And after the guy in front of us spent 19 minutes trying to burn off a 1976 wooden tire, Oh, yep. Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we know we now know what history smells like. Yeah, yeah. 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 turns out we gave you stage three cancer. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, but once he got out And he was in there so long I was worried that the box Was going to be on fire Like it was going to be like Dump yeah. gas on Oh boy we're on now right. So I was ready That just as soon as you Poured the gas It might be go time Yes So it worked out great You poured the gas on We got a nice little Puddle of gas And John hit it with the torch just as Steve got done saying. And by the way, you can buy a raffle ticket for this very bike.
4: (laughs) Let's
0: say we didn't say what bike you were doing this
1: on. Yeah, the raffle bike, the The brand new showroom
0: Moto Guzzi, Moto Guzzi scrambler.
1: We're really showroom custom built Moto Guzzi (laughs) scrambler with a slightly slinged slinged fender. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, we did the really nice, nice a really beautiful, tasteful flaming burnout. Got nice big fire and a lot of wheel speed and good stuff and. Then we, you know I had to yell at the guy in front of me Because he's holding my handlebars Like, like, I, like, come on, dude I was like, get out of my fucking way Because <laughs> I know what I'm doing And as soon as he got out of my way I'm like, I don't need you holding me in the fire I have no leg
4: hair
1: <laughs> <laughs> about my Everything above my motocross boots is all tight and curly <laughs> yeah. And, uh but, yeah, as soon as he got out of the way, I was like, Okay, oh, you good. And I just bounced it and got it out of the box.
0: And this is where I learned a
1: lesson. And you did. What did you learn?
0: I learned don't stand behind somebody doing a burnout on a gravel road. You
1: know what? I learned that from watching my cat. Never stand behind my cat after he takes a shit. <laughs> <laughs> because he covers it up.
0: I was getting pelted.
1: Yeah, so my... as soon as I got out of the box, there's a big fire. You, know, you leave behind a pretty good fire. Yeah. So you got to put the fire out. And what puts fire out better than dirt? <laughs> <laughs> right? right. So we put dirt all over that fire and all over, like, 70 people. Yeah, I took so, yeah. it.
0: Three to the shin yeah. and I turned around and started running, going, ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah. I was getting hit in the back yeah, with under one attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? That, 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 that those those big Kendanabis have quite an appetite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that
0: was that, was, that, that was, was pretty epic. I love how every year like we find a way to step it up and go down to the yeah. burnout corner and bring something. Because Louvey
1: Moto does such an epic job of, of hosting that party and running it. And they got I love their energy. I love everything about it and I love that. Management lets it happen, and that's a big thing for me. And so now Cincinnati, the guys uh, in Cincinnati are supporting it as well. And I think it's our job to bring something to that. You know, we, you know, if you want to camp in that area, if you want to camp in that neighborhood, you better bring something to the party. Yeah,
2: definitely bring uh, not a
1: ramp. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, 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 not, so was, was, don't bring it. I'm I was going to say, Dude, I forgot about not a ramp. <laughs> I was going to
0: say that was that was a blend. So Phil puts out a big long board well, on a had, tire
1: some, or he doesn't we had, we had some plywood it's and it was wet on the underside we just had to dry it out yeah it was a 2 by 8 yeah. plywood that got a little <laughs> moist on the bottom so we had to dry it out
0: and clearly painted <laughs> yeah. across it not a ramp we wanted no yeah.
1: to confuse it as a ramp as we put it on top of a truck tire <laughs> right uh, just, truck just tire. to dry it out just to help the it's air for get grease. underneath yeah. it yeah right for so sure. it wasn't a ramp though yeah, exactly.
0: But it's it started getting some attention, and oh there's God. there's a parade of idiots around. So.
1: <laughs> Clearly, it was like you threw a Snickers bar into a room full of cockroaches.
0: But then, just to make it even yeah. better, going back to Louvin Motors, our friend Andrew, yeah, oh. who was out at a shop in Santa Cruz, oh, there was a perfect oh, combination of the Nada ramp, yeah, and I pulled out the evil clean evil suit, yep. put it on yeah. him, oh, and it man. transformed it him. Did.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It became the right stronger, suit changes person. a man. Yeah.
0: You, a Little stars and stripes and a cape, and it's amazing.
1: Apparently, the superpowers is in the suit. Yep. Now,
0: he got the, on that mini bike. Yes, he did. He went around, he went yeah. way down there. He got yeah. as much speed as he could get that thing. <laughs> Had a pier can on his head. Yeah.
1: He, he landed between Skull and 911. How, um, yeah. how many
0: feet do you think he flew? <laughs> those
1: were those are 10 feet, 12 feet jumps.
0: I, that's what yeah. I was saying about uh, 12 feet yeah. jumps. 12 feet
1: length. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. That You, get, you, that was fun. Feet of, <laughs> you think you get 12 feet? Feet of distance on what we would with a 12 inch or 14 inch high ramp, yeah, right, that's amazing. On
0: a yeah. mini bike, on a with I don't think it has
3: suspension, did it? it
1: look, maybe. There's a lot of things that no. bike doesn't have, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Is that the one with the like uh, bungee cord brake?
1: Yes, that no, was yeah, the one with the bungee fuck. cord brake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, shout out to Andrew for that bagel. Yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. This was your first year here, it was as our token scooterist. How was it for you? Did you find your people
3: too? Oh, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, there were a few scooters. Around, um, including some that were for sale at, at swap meet. I did not. I did not buy any. Um, well, don't have a way fine. to get them back. But um, but yeah, it was a fantastic time. I absolutely loved it. Um, I think the highlight for me was the parade lap around mm-hmm. track. Uh, yeah, that okay. the that not a race.
0: We got the not a ramp and the not a race. Not a
3: ramp.
1: Not a race. And not a race. You know, in Ohio is not a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> you can do them all there, but you're not doing them.
3: Yeah, but just the the the, the, the Really, the biggest impression on me was that everyone there was into bikes, and just the feeling you have around a whole crowd full of people from all walks of life who are just there for the the same reason, it was a a really cool feeling where Mm -hmm. you, you just feel welcome and at home and not safe. But. <laughs> <laughs> I the most important. Aspect, right? Right? Not, not that you feel safe with the people, right. not necessarily with all the chaos that's going on around you. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, <laughs> riding, uh, uh, was it uh, eight horsepower uh, mini green mini bikes on dirt trails <laughs> at 30 uh, miles an hour? It's um, so a little top. more than eight horsepower. It's a
1: 212cc motor in that. Yeah. Really? 212ccs oh, yeah, in a bike that weighs 48 pounds. Okay. And it, with a quarter it's drink like bottle, this... no less. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and don't yeah. forget the guy on the mini bike with the H two triple.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Yeah.
3: Oh, it's oh, crazy. Oh, I saw one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it was just such a such a great feeling of camaraderie and mm-hmm. like you know you just kind of felt at home there.
0: Exactly, yeah. and uh, one of the things I, I like to. You know, paint a picture of uh, this is a place you go where if there is a bike that you would not be caught dead on in public, yes, you ride it proudly there.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never seen so many Honda Expresses. Yeah. Uh, Rivas, all that stuff.
3: Yeah. Honda uh, jobs. I, I love oh, yeah, I, I,
0: I just love to big man on a little bike. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of yeah, that. that. <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> very big man on very there
1: works. Are so yeah. many places in the world where you can go and use a phrase like I am immersed surrounded and drowning in the motorcycle experience yeah. all at the same time yeah. because what you have is you have road racing right trials racing mm-hmm. Motocross. Full-on motocross. motocross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pit bike racing. What the, f- what the heck? Holy totally man! I've seen more enthusiasm at the pit bike racing oh, this yeah. year than at yeah. the Isle of Man. Yeah. <laughs> Laguna Seca wishes they had this kind of crowd participation.
0: Oh, and the dude on the Elite 125 yes. had the crowd.
1: Yes. yeah, yes. he earned it. it. And he absolutely earned it. And oh, and the barrel racing. The barrel racing, oh. of course, which never stops. But all that is around you, and those are actual competitions. But then what else is happening is to fill in the spaces between that. There's an an epic swap meet. And then there's the infield of more stuff than you could possibly see in an afternoon. Yeah.
4: Test.
0: And rides. then you
1: wander into the campsite where it is truly like Motoganistan. Yeah.
4: Like <laughs>
1: it's a whole dark economy. You know, there's there's just like sort of
3: Somebody may come
1: up and just say, "Hey, so how much?" You so want if for that? you want, there's a yeah. used mattress on. Uh, oh yeah, camping <laughs> no. spot one double oh seven. Yes, <laughs> a lightly soiled, uh, a lightly soiled queen size Loved. pillow top. Perfect, yeah, beautiful. But if, if you're a historical collector, it is the mattress from the bus. <laughs> it is the bu- no, not only is it the mattress from the bus, it's the mattress from Black Betty. Hey, so, uh, no. better. That could could be yours. Yeah, if that mattress could talk, it'd be in jail for twelve years. <laughs> That's a, that,
0: Hey there, we are here with Rob Dingman. He is the CEO of the AMA, and he's been on our show before out at the Quail in California a couple years ago. Thanks for joining us here. That's right, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're here at AMA Vintage Days in Ohio. Um, this event is amazing. More and more people are discovering it. I This is, I call it the burning man for motorcyclists. <laughs> It is amazing. Uh, first, all, I want to thank you for putting on an event. Um, I wanted to ask you some questions about putting on an event of this size.
6: Do you have how many like volunteers,
0: employees? Do you have here running this? Gosh, event? you know ideas? it
6: it becomes an all hands on deck affair for us. You know this event is uh, the largest fundraiser for the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame is funded and staffed and taken care of by the AMA and the AMA staff. So Everything we do here is run by our AMA staff uh, and uh, just about our entire staff. We have, uh, you know, 60 some odd employees and almost all of them except the ones that are left behind to answer the phones are here working. And then we have uh, an army of volunteers as well uh, just staffing different booths and uh, lots of lots of people generous with their time helping us out
0: and I want to describe it's perfectly organized chaos <laughs> just the amount of traffic for something to explain one thing I love about this event and somebody who has arthritic knees I don't like to walk and I don't need to here because I have not had a single person tell me I couldn't take my motorcycle there yet the motorcycle is used as transportation everywhere and because of that there are people going every which way up and down round round yet somehow there's people at the key places that need to be who are waving hands and controlling the chaos to make sure that things happen so it's just such an amazing event plus just looking at the bikes that are here which it is hard to find an American Big Twin that's rare. Yet, the bikes that people would normally be embarrassed to be seen riding are proudly ridden here. I've never seen so many Honda Express scooters <laughs> in one place. This thing is, everybody seems to just, um, everyone buys into like, woohoo, like anything and everything motorcycle related. But that's kind of what the AMA represents. Right it's everything it's everybody nobody's left behind right so i want to ask some questions about this event how did this come to be how long has this been going I on i think this
6: is our 24th year yeah uh, and it you know it started out as a as a fundraiser for the museum it started out as i think it was called the heritage homecoming at one time it wasn't here in Ohio, first uh, it was at a property that the AMA soon outgrew, and then mm-hmm. it moved here. Um, and just just to comment on the, the, you know, everybody letting you go everywhere you want to on motorcycle, it's w- one of the things that we have kind of directed our staff and our volunteers is you know if you don't have to say no don't say no I mean that's the beauty of this event is people are here to have fun we want them to have a great time we want them to come back next year and the year after and the year after so we try not to curtail the fun we try to uh, embrace it if people are kind of letting their wild side hang out a little bit we kind of let them do that as long as it's not unsafe for other people Uh, um, or hopefully not for yourself and you know an example of that is you know we have these pit bike races that we started uh, last year or the year before um, because there was a lot of illegal pit bike racing after hours over in the campground so we said you know what Let's give them an outlet for this. Let's do pit bike racing. And so, you know, talk about the, the, the scooters, you know, the Honda Elite or whatever. <laughs> the guy yeah, on the Honda yeah, Elite yeah, that the
0: crowd was cheering yeah, for. Yeah, Kind a little step
6: through <laughs> out on the motocross track, riding riding around. It was crazy. And that's what you see here, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's a lot of fun. And that and that's really the goal is, is to be fun. So, you know, and that's, uh, again, like I said, it's a fundraiser for the museum, so we want this to continue to grow. You know, a lot of people probably don't realize that you know you don't really make money in the museum business. <laughs> the museum business is very costly, and so we rely on the fundraisers that we do. You know, like I said, the the, AM, the uh, AMA is the sole benefactor of the museum. So the museum wouldn't exist without the AMA and our staff and our resources. And so the fundraisers are really critical. making sure we can keep the doors open of the Hall of Fame you know if the Hall of Fame you know Scott Harden says if you don't have a Hall of Fame you don't really have a sport so it kind of it really does uh, lend credibility to our sport uh, because there is a pinnacle to achieve to so and you know the AMA just started the Hall of Fame because nobody else was doing it so it's so critical to motorcycling that we have a Hall of Fame but it's also shouldn't be a burden to AMA members that are forced to fund it so you know that's why these events are so critical this is the the major fundraiser plus our raffle bikes that we have are the other big fundraisers and also we uh, periodically will ask people to to donate money through direct mail so if you get something in the mail please respond and respond generously (laughs)
0: speaking of Scott, Scott Harden is your grand marshal here And that's something cool. Every year, you guys get amazing people down here, and they're accessible. He's yeah. just walking around talking to people out yeah. there. And that's something that's really cool, too. But you you would have access. You're the one who have access. You guys My have your thumb sport. on all these great yeah. riders, racers, everyone. Let's talk a little bit about... The museum, though, the, the Hall of Fame, because that's what this is about. I had an opportunity to visit it. I, you may still be wiping jewel off of some of the stuff. One of the highlights, the Vetter exhibit, since we're friends with Craig, really like that. Um, but I'm wondering, is there, is there some special things in the museum that maybe people walk by and don't really notice that? That you know that there's a story to.
6: Yeah, there's some there's some neat things. Well, <clears throat> for starters, just to, to comment on Craig Vetter uh, <laughs> Craig, you know, Craig has a lot of real estate dedicated to him in the museum, primarily because he's donated a lot of stuff to us. <laughs> we have a back room that we have uh, all these Vedder fairings hanging from the rafters because we don't have an adequate place to display all the stuff that he's given us. But he's got some really cool things. He's got the, you know his mystery ship there. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really like is the the hurricane, Right. Uh, we have one that's uh, that's badged BSA and one that's badged triumph and then we have an old rocket three and, right. and Craig I told Craig wanted to do an exhibit and I said well that'd be great uh, but I need you to do the interpretation so what we have there explaining the birth of the hurricane from the rocket 3 uh, is uh, Craig's own words uh, nice. and his photos that are there so it's really it's really a neat story that's a cool thing I think that people should see when they go there. Virtually everything in the Hall of Fame is the actual bike that somebody performed some heroic feat upon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not; they're not restored bikes. They're in many cases bikes that were rolled off the racetrack and put on a truck and sent to us. You know, um, one of one of the really neat bikes there is uh, Wayne Rainey's. Uh, GPZ uh, that he won uh, uh, one of his AMA national championships for and and Wayne uh, came to visit us a couple of years ago and he kind of just sat in his chair and he was kind of staring up at it and I said you know Wayne you know what are you looking at he's like I haven't seen this since 1983 you know it was a factory bike Kawasaki gave it to the AMA Wayne would love to have it and we're not giving it to him Uh, it's a really, really cool bike, and it's it, the history of that is really cool because that was the bike that, that Wayne beat uh, much uh, more technologically advanced competition, and so right. he really won on the strength of his riding He's told skill. Told stories about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. So that is really cool. Uh, you know, we've got some really neat things there. One of my other favorite things is the uh, we have the Terminator bike, which is which is sort of associated with the Hall of Fame. Yes. Which, go ahead and make your comment. I, I can yeah. comment on this,
0: because that caught me last yeah. time. You see a movie, like The Terminator, very yeah. well-known movie, and you have the police motorcycle, yeah. and I believe this was in the scene in the L.A. River, when they were doing the chase. No, this was, was the this? one where
6: they came at, out of the building, oh, with a plate building, glass window, yes, and jumped to the helicopter. Yeah.
0: Jumped the helicopter. Yeah. And... When you're up close, you see what a piece of junk this is. Yeah. It's a little dirt bike yeah. with parts of a big motorcycle yeah. just zip-tied yeah. on yeah. to make it look like a big police bike. Yeah. And once you're up close, you're going, huh, Yeah, wow.
6: So we had that bike. It was part of an exhibit that we had. It was called Moto Stars. It was a celebrities and their motorcycles mm-hmm. bike and uh, or exhibit. And one of the problems with that exhibit was that people were don- loaning bikes to us that were riders and they wanted them you know they they, they we had a 2 year exhibit and they would give them to us for 6 months at a time so over the course of 2 years we'd have to replace them 4 times so uh one of the bikes that was was in there was this uh this terminator bike and it was on loan to us from Debbie Evans who's a hall of famer mm-hmm. she's a yep. world champion trials rider uh, and her husband, uh, Lane Levitt, they have a uh, stunt coordination business. And so Lane had done this, this stu- particular stunt. If you remember in the movie, uh, the cop rode up the stairs. And that's mm-hmm. how he got to the second floor so he could jump out. Well, Lane was the one who rode up the stairs. And, and what they did was they crashed the, the LAPD bikes, Are uh, Kawasaki's, right. four-cylinder Kawasaki's. And so what they did is they crashed the bike out the window into a bunch of boxes, and by that time it was totaled. So Lane went and kind of scavenged everything. He took this Honda dirt bike that was a, you know, a little little uh, thumper. I think I think it's a, I think yeah. it's a single cylinder, um, and he built uh, little fake uh, headers. So it looks like a four-cylinder. <laughs> yeah, so in the movie. Attached to nothing. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, it looks like. So uh, th- they were part of um, Fast and Furious 8 that was being yeah. filmed in Cleveland. So they came down one day. And it was great having Lane say, oh, yeah, here we did this. Here, here's how I did it. He explained the whole thing to me, how he did it. And, you know, Debbie is one of the greatest. Uh, she's one of my favorite Hall of Famers. If I probably shouldn't pick up favorites. But Debbie was kind of an inspiration for the Hall of Fame in its current configuration because she came for the ribbon cutting of the Moto Stars exhibit and she wanted to get her picture taken in front of her plaque uh, with Perry King. Yeah. Now her plaque was Velcroed to a carpeted wall in the basement and it was about a foot off the ground and you know I had to kind of step over these stanchions and move around these bikes to be able to get her picture and it was embarrassing so you know I said you know what that's it we have to build a real fitting tribute to the men and women of the Hall of Fame and uh, Right from that point, I, I started counting all the bikes that we had in this kind of bike corral where the Hall of Fame bikes were mm-hmm. Then I counted all the bikes in the main exhibit hall on the main floor that were the Motostar's Bikes and there were more bikes crammed in this little space than Motostar's and I said well we have the makings of uh, uh, Hall of Fame exhibit and so now rather than change out the whole exhibit wholesale we kind of put Pieces and parts in as new classes come in, we work them into the different category uh, where they belong, and it, it it's ever evolving. It's never the same museum twice, uh, but it it is a Hall of Fame dedicated Hall of Fame uh, main exhibit hall.
0: It's uh, it's definitely has to be a place to visit. It's very well done. Thank I could I couldn't spend enough time there. Yeah. I just felt like I just wanted to bask yeah in everything. Well, I know we're running out of time. I want to give you an opportunity because this is such a big event and it is so well organized. I want to give you an opportunity if you wanted to mention maybe some of the key players that make this thing happen because there's a lot of people getting a lot of
6: stuff done. I think it'd be hard for me to go through and and name all of our staff uh, that are involved in this. but you know, um, Mark Lapid, who's our creative director, you know, that's the other thing, too, with respect to not only museum exhibits, but also these big events that we put on, you know, we're just tasking our staff that actually have other jobs to do. Mark right. Lapid is the creative de- director of the AMA, but, you know, he's, he's basically the, our chief designer for the magazine. So between he and James Holter, our vice president for marketing and communications, you know, they got that pesky magazine that goes out every month. <laughs> they've got all these other things they've got to do. So, you know, m- Mark. Was instrumental in putting together the Hall of Fame exhibit he he is the key player in making all of this stuff happen you know this crossroads uh, infield that we have here is just jam-packed with all kinds of activity and people and that's all Mark's vision so Mark has done an amazing job and his staff that they do great work and they never complain about anything Um, and then we've got you know uh, James's staff Uh, with marketing and communications and the the membership tent. Uh, You know, we've we've, uh, been able to connect with a lot of members and sell memberships and renew memberships and that's really critical. We've got uh, Jeff Massey, who's our uh, Chief Operations Officer. He's also the the safety officer for this event. So he's you know he gets the call at three o'clock in the morning when something's going on. We had some crazy things here. We had two houses outside the property burned down uh, we we within heard, within, within 24 hours evidence. of each other. It was crazy. And I thought
0: so, for sure yeah something had gone wrong.
6: Yeah, here fortunately it was off up.
0: the property. I know yeah. it was amazing. It wasn't
6: us, but you know it certainly affects us. And you know so there's there's just so many people who are who are key. Uh, to this to this whole thing um, and I think uh, you know our racing department you know there, there's so much racing involved in this uh, you know Kevin Crowther is our racing director we have every discipline of racing going on at this event so our entire racing staff is just completely occupied we have uh, staff meetings at 6:30 in the morning with racing and then we have a staff meeting with everybody else at 7 15 so you know we're they're up and at them and then they're they're working late to make sure everyone has fun the next day
0: Well, I want to thank you for putting this on and all the people that are doing it. It's such a great event. And I just want to remind everyone to go to AmericanMotorcyclists.com. And you'll get more info there. If you are not coming to this event, you really should because this is the event for everybody and everything.
6: It really is. It's all things motorcycling, which I always say the AMA is all things to all people. You know, we're, we're the one organization, I think, that represents every faction of motorcycling, whether you're a 65-year-old Harley rider, whether you're a 4-year-old just getting started in motocross racing and everything in between. And I always say if the AMA didn't exist, we'd have to invent it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you very much. I think we're going to get out there and have some more fun and Great. maybe do a seminar. Awesome. Awesome, thank you very much.
6: Hey, thank you very much,
0: appreciate it. There's so much going on, so many people to meet. I mean, yeah. I met so many people. Not to mention that, though, so many listeners. Yeah, more yeah. than ever mm-hmm. came and found us and yeah, said oh, hi. Yeah, there are seminars
3: yep. even. There yeah, we there... did do some seminars. Actual.
0: Shows. Yeah, we had seminars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the full <laughs> of. Just let's just wine <laughs> I mean, fill up nice and let them every... go. I'm no, okay so with that, it, was, man. No, it was great. So cool they had that. somebody drop out and came up to me and said, "Look, we need somebody who can talk about carburetors for an hour. Do you know anyone?"
1: Was a. I love that it wasn't like we need to fill a 45 minute spot yeah it was like no not only are you asking for your help (laughs) but i don't want just want your help it has to be a very specific kind of right right yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: uh, talk about carburetors i said i happen to know like seven people who can talk about carburetors for an hour
1: and then three of them had to go rescue dustin yeah (laughs) so so
0: it ended up being a bagel myself uh zach and knock and phil on the stage all mic'd up ready to go and then they said go and phil stepped. Forward and talked for an hour yep. and did not stop because he was on it. Yeah. He just, it was like you've been doing this over and over and over. it's
1: oh, strange after 18 years of running a shop that you do <laughs> believe it or not have to say the same thing. And, <clears throat> and
0: I think we all yeah. just realize, like, well, I'm just going to just sit Do you know here how many I times
1: and, I, I have nothing to contribute? Do, do, you, do you know how, how many how times in my anything? career I've had somebody ask me what's the difference between a carburetor and a fuel injector? Because it happened seven times last week. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can have a buddy 125 with a carburetor. Can everybody 170 with fuel injector? Yeah. And what's the difference? So
4: I was going to say, how quickly did the talk turn into fuck carburetors, fuel injections? It, we out? didn't.
1: No, I'm no, 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 Because no, I really, my first question was, who out there in the audience has only a bike with a carburetor? And, yeah. the hands went up. <laughs> and then I said, okay, who out there in the audience has only bikes with fuel injectors? And some hands went up, and I realized, if it was a, man, a, a blood sport, that it was evenly matched, mm-hmm. yeah. so I didn't want to like yeah. start shitting on fuel injectors when you know there could be an uprising. Yeah. So that went great, yeah. and I
0: think the AMA loves that they know that they can come yeah. to us. They were very sweet to f-
1: yeah.
0: fill anything. So further, you know, they were very accommodating. The Bank and they provided me with
1: PowerPoint. Their... Somebody came up and said, yeah. like, "Yeah, that power, the PowerPoint was great." The guys, the fact that you guys had a PowerPoint was awesome. I was I like, know. We had four slides. <laughs> yeah. we, we, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't even
3: a PowerPoint. It, it was, was photos. Four JPEGs. Photos, um, photos that I found on the internet and I was looking at them in a the web browser. And <laughs> yes. Different tabs yeah. open and okay. switch from one to the other. We, but but <laughs> the point that we, Seamless could throw something imaging. Yeah. Yeah.
0: we could throw something together. Phil went and talked. Bagel was bringing up stuff. I was just writing notes about the time to right. keep the pace going yeah. so he knew what was going on. i doing what I do. And Zach and, and Nock found some little things yeah, just to did. throw in, just yeah. to add. Um, but that was, that was really fun. and uh, yeah, and Going to audience
1: point. questions, you were like, we have 15 minutes audience questions and so we did audience questions and normally the audience questions are like not necessarily great yeah in this particular environment though Mm -hmm. the audience questions were fucking epic oh yeah yeah. the audience questions each question was like oh sorry dude you weren't paying attention no each question was like fuck yeah that's brilliant Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Plus, I don't know if you're aware of this, that was the most well-attended seminar of That's the entire she weekend. Told me. She, told me
1: after, she told me afterwards, she was like, there was a lot of pressure on this. She said, you have no idea. We've never we've never had a seminar where there were over 100 people in that tent. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah, <it> was <laughs> funny. Henry and I are just w- looking at motorcycles, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Monkey <laughs> Phil's on stage. <laughs> What's going on? I didn't know there was another seminar. They gave that bastard a mic. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: Zach, did you ha- did I ever ask you your highlight?
3: I don't think so. Honestly, it was probably riding around that
5: wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> it, felt, it felt really like the right way to see mid Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting back in there, beer in my hand, safari hat on, feet up on the back of the ATV, dragging me on this wheelbarrow with uh, just like little like dolly wheels on it. <laughs> this Maze driving me around the campsite.
6: <laughs> That's, yeah. It my the pickles, head, huh? smoking,
5: was a Smoking, just like, chilling, waving at the people.
6: It <laughs> really what's, is... Uh, it
5: wasn't the pickles?
2: The jar of pickles in there? No, it wasn't the jar of pickles <laughs> okay. in there. Wait, wait. what do you mean? No, one of the highlights.
1: Oh, oh yeah. no. I mean, I, I, bought, I brought the jar of pickles. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, the Vintage Days
0: really is the magic land where bad ideas turn into good ideas. Bad
1: ideas turn into amazing <laughs> And
0: nothing goes stories. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... um. And I wanted to say too, there was something that happened this weekend. Uh, I just wanted to mention. I think a lot of us, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to talk about when things go wrong on a bike. But right. I think we all maybe feel the same. But if I am to die, I want to die. Yeah. Riding.
1: Right on, yeah, it. Right that's
0: a very yeah, normal way to go. Yeah, if I do it the
1: back of a Superhawk at Mid-Ohio. <laughs> yeah, pretty good.
0: Well, that yeah. is exactly what happened yeah. during um, one of the races, race seven. Uh, racer Mike Wells. Mike Wells, yeah. He was on a Honda 305 Superhawk. Yeah. And he was on the last lap He was of last the race. lap,
1: coming through turn one.
0: And he yeah. just slumped over yeah. and went off yeah. the track. Yeah. And they couldn't resuscitate him. Right. He had a heart attack. In the middle of the race.
1: Yeah, if I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to have a, if I'm going to go, and I can go literally approaching turn one at 85 miles an hour at mid Ohio on a Super Hawk. Mm-hmm pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. Fuck the casket, dude. Yes. You know what? Bury mm-hmm. me in the bike right there. Yep. So yeah. So I
0: just you know wanted to give a mention you know to Mike Wells, you know rest in peace. Yeah. But what a way to go, man. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a way really to go. Rest
1: in peace. You literally you are having you have got the best story for all the other dead people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, again, it's one
1: time at Mid Ohio.
0: <laughs> thank you, Phil, for bringing us all together. Yeah, man. We had yeah. look at all the misfits that showed up, and yeah, we had chicken standers. I think it's going to keep getting bigger
1: we can do it yeah yep so just be prepared. I can buy more mattress pants. <laughs> <laughs> no more short bus. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got that It was a good yeah. well, though. You know I what? The short to... bus, here's a little <laughs> tip for you. <laughs> if they are ever selling a vehicle, <laughs> yeah. don't let the vehicle know you're selling it. Yeah. yeah. Because the short bus cost us $860 in tires on the way back. home. And yep. it, taught, it took us like seven and a half hours to make a one and a half hour journey. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we, not, we didn't lose one. 110 psi truck tire. We done lost two. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. two
0: blowouts <clears throat> on yeah. two separate occasions within, within 20 miles, 20 occasions.
1: miles of each other. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm.
4: say,
1: yeah, and I've never had an IED go off under me before. <laughs> and I can say right now, I feel you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to feel you. Uh, that was I, I had I was gun shy after that first one blew yep. mm-hmm. and then when the second one blew I became downward downright not trustworthy.
5: Yeah. yeah. I was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So
3: okay, gears uh, down folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well Pull I think attention. I think now it's time I think we need to go get our bikes ready because a lot of us have got I to go ride Paris. back to California. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys gotta to ride to California today. Hey yeah. good luck with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've all got some issues yeah. on our bikes, yeah. so yeah. hopefully we're gonna go
1: over to Cleveland Moto and we're gonna Pull a, yeah, we're gonna pull a pre-cross country tech inspection and change some tires and stuff. And yeah.
0: and I wanted to make sure and give a shout out to your friend Mike yes. at Speed City at Speed
1: City Cycles. Mike Mike Taki
0: in Indianapolis. Yes,
1: in Indianapolis. Speed City Cycles in Indianapolis. Boy, you can't Aww. ask for a nicer human being. As busy as he was. And I, when Liza told me her situation, the luggage, you know, had exploded off of her KTM and she needed welding. I, I gave her one phone number.
0: Yeah. My pannier mounts broke. I needed a place to go. Yeah. And Phil told me where to go. And that's how he powerful took that care guy is.
1: That's how powerful that Mike Taki is. That... You said you had a problem in Indianapolis And I said there is only one phone number I will give you Exactly And he dropped his whole world Aww. And helped you and rocked it the fuck out nice.
0: Yeah, awesome. so big yeah. shout out and, oh yeah, Speed and, City
1: and is, What do you charge you for that? A nothing. Not a goddamn a moto yeah. heart. Yeah, yeah. Not a goddamn. What a foul. guy.
0: And his so air t- conditioning was broken oh, on man. one of the hottest, muggiest days. Yeah, everyone's miserable. That's Mike Taki at Speed
1: City Cycles. When you go to exactly. Speed City Cycles in Indianapolis, you can do anything you want. You can buy anything you want. You should. Yeah. But don't look them directly in the eye. <laughs> you'll, you'll get lost in those steel blue eyes. Yeah. Man. <laughs>
0: Well, I want to, you know, just say that what another great, great weekend. It gets better yeah, it every yeah, year. Yeah. If you have not yet gone to AMA Vintage Days, you want to put it
1: on your calendar. Yeah.
0: First weekend of July, or right after, yeah, keep,
1: uh, keep an right eye the after 4th of
0: July weekend. Like it's usually the
1: weekend after 4th of July.
0: It is yeah. so worth coming. Yeah. I think everyone here agrees. And even Anita from Germany I was like, oh, yes, I want to come next year. She had a blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: was,
1: that was great. I mean, it was, it was cool. and and uh, yeah, we do we do rec- the I know that you guys are gonna read loud about AMA Vintage Days, but the the attendance is getting much, much bigger. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do, they're trying to add more to it. They add more to it. They added it every
0: shuttles. Year. They yeah. accommodated yeah. Yeah. the people very <laughs> really well. The
1: shuttles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had little golf cart shutters, which <laughs> I thought was hilarious. <laughs> it was like shuttle one, shuttle two, shuttle three. Yeah. You know, like, they're just little golf carts that hold eight passengers. But you know what? For people who could get, don't, don't walk around so well, yeah. that place is stretched over 300 acres, 400 yeah. acres. It's enormous. So it's nice to have that.
0: And the yeah. fact that there's so much like alcohol and just, hmm. just, well there are no rules to break but if there there should have been rules and we were breaking <laughs> them. but yet there's no problems. That's there yeah that's no amazing. injuries, there's no fights yeah there's no problems. Sometimes
1: it gets a little fiery. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes they get a little fiery, but you know what? Fire's fun. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. People uh, bring their own pyrotechnics.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we entered and it was maybe an hour, and there's a field on fire. (laughs) 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 I know. This is party. Well,
0: good. I think that's a wrap for now. Until next year.
1: Yeah, until we meet again, uh, Ohio 2019. Thank
0: you. Yeah,
1: all, right. all you guys Thanks a lot Ride fast Make chances <laughs> No, 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 no I hate that
0: Push, I hate that Push the button <laughs>